and salutations. Welcome to Gen X. I'm Ducky. And I'm Andy. Our names are fake, but our friendship is real. We are two Gen Xers inviting you to our weekly deep dive into dating, sex, and relationships. And today we're going to talk about love languages. But first, let's do a quickie catch up. Ducky, what's happened to you since the last podcast? Wiki ketchup? Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Not a quickie. This is a longie. <laughs> a longie is, You may have already discovered that we've got two formats to this show. We've got our long deep dives, and that that's today. And then we also have our uh, quickie format where we just dip a toe into a, a particular topic for a hot take. So you may have already heard some of our quickies. Today is a longie. <laughs> <laughs> Length does matter. Yes. When it comes to podcast. Does, Today we're going does, long does, and deep. <laughs> does depth count? I don't know. So, yeah. So, what is, <laughs> so what's <laughs> happened to me? You know, uh, it's funny. My, my dating life has gotten so, like, I don't want to say boring, but kind of like boring and rote where it's like, okay, well, I hang out with my new girlfriend, Diane, who is... I guess not even all that new anymore. We're coming up on three months of dating together. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're actually hitting some strange milestones and stuff, which is kind of interesting, which we should talk about in another episode. Like, what are those milestones that you have dating in in the 2020s? Like, oh, when do you share a Wi-Fi password? Stuff like that. But we're having some new ones. Like, oh, we had our first, like, big couple date over the weekend where we went away uh, with another couple to uh, do some wine tasting. So that was uh, that was fun. It wasn't like a full like stay overnight kind of vacay, but it was still a fun like, ooh, like very like relationship oriented kind of kind of gathering. So that was a, that was an interesting thing. And Jackie, were these your friends or her friends? These were my friends. I have gone out and done a bunch of stuff with, with her friends. Never, never for like longer than like an evening though. This was like a full like day of activities. This, this was a much more, I don't know, scheduled thing. Now I have, I have done like half day activities and stuff with some of her friends. So it's not like I haven't met them, but it's, I don't know, this, this felt like we like checked a box or something like that. So that was pretty interesting. And as I'm coming up on three months, like a bunch of my dating app registrations and stuff or subscriptions are coming due and so i actually (laughs) i turned them all off like you know i did i know i'd been paused you know for a while okay so did you have a conversation about this is a whole other topic milestones and when do you turn off the dating apps but did you guys even talk about that we did when we agreed to be exclusive we we paused all of the dating apps but i didn't actually like turn off the subscription. Like I had been as, you know, some of the monthly ones I had kind of turned off as they happened, but I had had a bunch of like three month ones and six month ones. And so those are now coming due. And so I just, I just canceled them. So yeah, it wasn't like, I don't know. It just seemed like a natural thing to do both practically and for where I am right now. 
That's exciting. That's a big milestone. Turning off the apps for, you know, ending your subscription. I think that's a really important app, a really important milestone. If you are in a monogamous relationship, that's very cool. And then the, the next one coming up is social media. Like, do I introduce her on my social media? I saw, in fact, that you had introduced Jennifer on your social media. So yep. how long was it before when you like from the time you started dating to like that you that you put her on social media? I mean, we started talking in January and then we had our first date, I think, in April. And then that was August. So it's a while. I'm I'm kind of slow to post stuff. I didn't even follow Brad for the first six months that we dated, let alone think about post posting anything. Although I did tag him, I think, in a in a early date because he came out with me and a bunch of my friends the first New Year's that we were together. And right. I think that's easy. That's easy to hide him in with. Yeah, a bunch of that was different. Friends. Yeah, it was a while. It was a while. I'm I'm kind of slow to that stuff because it's like. I don't know who cares who 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 do I need to be broadcasting that to? Who is that for? Like when you go Instagram official or social official? But that's another whole topic. So I do want to talk about that. Let's do that. Let's do that maybe next week. And sexy exes, you tell us what you want to hear about milestones because obviously we can talk a blue streak about anything without input from you, but we prefer to hear what you're curious about or what you think are the important milestones. So if you do have thoughts on milestones, knowing that we're about to do an episode on it, please drop us a line at genxpod at gmail.com, G-E-N-E-X-P-O-D, and tell us what you think are the important milestones in this modern age. And okay. what's, what's happening with you, Andy? Yeah, my, my update for the week. Um, I'm eagerly looking forward to a visit in November from Jennifer, who is going to come down for uh, Thanksgiving weekend, I'm actually spending Thanksgiving day with family. I'm not really ready to introduce her to my family yet, but another milestone. I know another milestone, but I am excited to introduce her to a couple of friends that will be in town. And it's also her birthday on Sunday. So we'll be celebrating her birthday. She's also going to have a chance to meet Brad. They've met actually before um, on video chat, but this, time we're going to actually have a night where we all go out and maybe like go bar hopping or something just to have a nice like light night where they get to hang out together with me to just see what the dynamic is with you know the other person and see how my relationship is with with Brad and Brad can see how my relationship is with her and I think that that puts people at ease in a poly it does for me it puts me at ease in a poly kill when I can kind of see the different dynamics between all the partners in real life now rather does, than guessing what their dynamics are. Yeah. Now does Jennifer only date women? Yeah. Yeah. If she was open to a situation where I could, you know, throw the chicken and the rice in the same pot, I would definitely consider stirring it up, but I'm happy to keep it separate as well. And, you know, that. Both of those possibilities are open for me, but that's not really something that she's eager or keen to do. So it doesn't need to happen for sure. I'm very happy in the sep- two separate relationships right now and just being the center point of this V for the time being. But who knows? 
Life is long. I used to be straight. So who cares? Who knows what the future holds? <laughs> who knows what the future holds? Yeah. I think, I think that with the right chemistry, all things are possible for all people. Chemistry is everything. This is decidedly true. And speaking of chemistry, I had a really lovely weekend with Brad. I saw Dune with him on Friday night. And then on Saturday, we went to, uh, I saw Dune with him with another friend because I've fully integrated Brad into most of my friend circles at this point, three years in. And on Saturday, we went to a murder mystery dinner hosted by a couple friend of ours. And it was 12 couples all in costume trying to solve a murder. And we had a great night. We ended up crashing at their place. And it was just super duper fun. This is a, a group of people that I really enjoy. They are the travel fam. And actually, I think I've mentioned some of them on here before. There's a, a couple that I refer to here as uh, Rick and Terry. From Their names are borrowed from one of my favorite 80s movies, just one of the guys. So yeah, Rick, Rain, and Terry were at that uh, party. And that was really good fun. I love those people. So yeah, it was a really fun kind of Halloween-ish weekend. That sounds weekend, awesome. Brad and I have even more Halloween fun to get into. And so I'll have even more exciting updates next weekend because we're going out potentially on a date with another couple. It's a double date that could turn into a single date with all four of us. I don't know what's going to happen there, but we'll see. Nothing possible with chemistry. Anything is possible with chemistry. This is true. All right. Well, let's talk about our topic, which today is love languages. (laughs) I wish we had Barry White introducing that love languages. Maybe love languages. Okay. So first of all, love languages is something that I didn't really hear people talk about back in the olden days when we were dating in the 90s. Did you ever hear of love languages back then? No way. Uh, I think this was a 21st century therapy, couples therapy kind of thing <laughs> that has kind of bubbled up into out of out of out of uh, therapist sessions into the dating world. And I heard it a ton when I was dating people. Like that would be some of the first questions you ask somebody sometimes as you started to get a little serious. Like, oh, what are your love languages? And I think a lot of people misinterpret them. I think there's actually two sets of love languages, one of which is how you give love, how you give affection, and the other is how you like to receive affection. And so, but most people are only thinking about like, oh, like my love languages are all about, I guess, receiving. It's, uh, I guess that's what people think of, but there's actually the, the kind of two things and they... They're decidedly different, and it makes a big difference, I think, when you start thinking about them that way. So fun fact, the book that created this in culture, actually, the the book, The Five Love Languages and the Secrets to Love That Last, actually got published in 1992. But I guess it didn't really permeate pop culture for another 30 or so years. And here we are now, 30 years later, we're All relationship counselors talk about it. All people who are in the dating pool will share their love languages, giving and receiving with each other before even going on a date. But it was it was championed by this uh, relationship therapist and psychologist, Gary Chapman. And now people have all decided 
the five love languages are real and we need to know them. So do you happen to know your love language? And have you like taken a quiz or did you just read the list and go, oh yeah, that's me? I definitely, I don't know. I did. I didn't take the quiz or anything like that. I just, I just kind of knew like, oh, these are the, these are the ones that resonate with me giving. And these yeah. are the ones resonate with me receiving. Let's count them what the, what the, what they are. So there are gifts. Words of affirmation, acts of service, where you're like doing stuff for your loved one. There is quality time, which is an interesting one that I will talk about in a second. And the last one is touch, touch, physical touch. Yeah. Quality time, I think, is I want to go back to quality time quickly because. This is one where my ex-wife and I always argued about because both of us have quality time on our list of love languages, how we both like to like give and receive. And but what we thought of as quality time was very different. Like for me, like hanging out together, watching like our TV show, that was quality time for her being together and having like a deep conversation about emotional stuff, that was quality time. And so there was kind of a big disconnect there, even though we were using the same love language language to describe what our needs were. Labeling it the same, but you had different definitions. Correct. So, so that one I think is the slipperiest of them, of them all. Do you know what your love languages are? Yes. My number one give thing that I like to give is physical touch. I love somebody through my hands. And it's not just like, oh, sex thing. Like, you'll know when I feel a certain way about you because I can't stop touching you. I'm going to be like touching your arm. I'm going to be wanting to pet your head. I'll be happy to rub your feet. I'll be happy to be in a snuggly position while we watch TV. I don't want to just sit on the couch. I want to snuggle on the couch. Physical touch is super duper important to me. So that's your number one giving. Yeah. It's also probably my number one of receiving too. I want to be pet and touched and comforted physically. And it's funny because like I've had conversations with Brad where we both have agreed that like neither of us care too much about hearing the other person say, I love you. We both know how we feel about each other. And we've said, yes, yes, I do love you. But neither of us give a shit about hearing that over and over. We want to feel it through physical touch. We're both physical touch givers and receivers. And uh, I think if I had a second one, it's probably acts of service, like doing nice things for the other person. Like for example, when I was really sick with strep throat, Brad took incredible care of me, drawing baths, going to the doctor, going to the pharmacy to pick up drugs, talking to the doctor because I was so sore. My throat was so sore. I couldn't even speak like that. That was a active service above and beyond what I expected anybody. I mean, he really waited on me hand and foot for days on end. And it was really lovely. And that's the kind of thing that I like to do too. You know, I'll, I'll go and, you know, pick up stuff, you know, to make life more convenient for him. Um, when he was sick, I like went and grabbed medicine for him. So yeah, acts of service and physical touch. And sometimes Acts of service can be, hey, I'm going to order food tonight so you don't have to cook. Totally. But so yeah. these are the these are the ways that you like to 
receive, and, yeah. but you also, but you have touch as your, touch as your, hey, giving is your number one giving affection too. But yeah. You, yeah. Do you have like a second one or, or, or what's at the bottom of the list? The bottom of the list for me to give and receive is gift. And oh my gosh, that was such a problem for me in my relationship, in my marriage, because I think gifts was maybe my husband's number one thing. He would get upset if I didn't give him enough gifts at Christmases and birthdays, or if he felt like the gifts weren't thoughtful enough. It was, it was a real source of conflict for us because gifts were such a priority to him. And he had a lot of, it made giving him gifts at birthdays and holiday, very anxiety producing for me because I was never like going to be sure that he wouldn't get in a huff with me if I didn't give him enough, or if he felt like the gifts weren't thoughtful enough or personalized enough, or, or if he just felt like I didn't put enough energy into the gifts, if they felt too generic, like it, it was a lot of pressure. And that's not my love language. So to try to, to give him that, like I put a ton of pressure on myself and it still always felt like it was never enough. Yeah. That's really hard when you have that mismatch yeah. of love language. And I think, I mean, you know, for me, it was the same kind of thing with my ex where like for her, as I, we were saying before, like quality time was very high up there and words of affirmation were also very important to her. And yeah. Were me giving like words of affirmation is probably down at the bottom along with gifts. Like I'm with you, like gifts, eh, well, you know, like whatevs, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd much rather have you like here with me than, you know, cuddling than be given a gift. I, I yeah. but there are people that are like, I mean, my mom is a very like gift focused person. Like that's like, that means, you know, when she's thinking about you, she sends something, you know, like it's, that's like a big thing for some people. And I guess that's how this has all kind of come out of therapy and couples therapy and why it's kind of permeated like the dating world too, is like, let's, let's head off any problems before they start happening. Like, you know, before we get deep into this, what are your love languages to see if there's a, you know, if you don't like to be touched and I'm touching you all the time, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Or if you say like, you know, I, I know that one of my former partners who I used to refer to as Blair or Blaine, did I call him Blair or Brain? And now I'm forgetting. He's Blaine. 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 He was a touch guy, but one of his partners didn't like the way he touched her. And so it was really, really challenging for him because like the thing that you said about like, oh, me and my ex both talked about quality time, but we had different definitions of it. So she liked physical touch. He liked giving physical touch. But then when he would touch her, she didn't like the way he would touch her. Like even down to like certain, she would correct like the strokes. Like, you know, if he was doing this in like too small of an area, she'd be like, no, I want long strokes. And like, she was very particular about the way that he touched. So even when you agree on the, what the love languages are, it's important to go a step further and go into what that actually means for you. For example, when I think of love languages and I think of words of affirmation, as I said, I don't give a shit about hearing you say I love you. But I do like, you know, when somebody says sweet things to me, like it means a lot whenever Brad says he's sweet on me. Like if, if he does something or if I ask him to do something and he's like, oh, of course I'll do that. I'm sweet on you. That's a word of affirmation. But honestly, the thing I'm asking for is for him to do something and him doing it is the real thing. So acts of service are, 
are my number one, but there's a little bit of words of affirmation because I do like to hear that you see it on me too. I think it's a continuum sort of, you know, or a ranking, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't like for you and me, if gifts are at the bottom, it doesn't mean that we don't occasionally like a great gift. You know, if someone's like gives me something that's like super thoughtful, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's so nice. I, you know, I can't believe you did this for me. That's, that's awesome. It just means more like in my everyday, like what, what, what makes me feel appreciated the most the mo- yeah. probably the, probably the most frequent right where it's like oh you know if you gave me a gift every day i'd i'd start to think you were psychotic and actually i did have this one woman i dated every time she came over she would bring me like these like little gifts and it started to actually feel like almost like passive aggressive like oh you don't have enough like she would bring over like cloth napkins or she would bring over she brought over like all these like magnets for the the fridge or she brought over like i forget these uh, just all these every time she came over she would bring these little things and it was kind of like how long are you dating her only like a couple weeks this was the weird that's weird as shit she's like trying to put a stamp on your home with like cloth napkins and magnets for your fridge that seems really uh, there seems like there's like something underneath that that's weird that she needs to unpack because it's like she's definitely trying to put a stamp on your home. And if you've only been dating somebody a few weeks, that's a weird thing to give. Yeah, totally. I- totally. It's it was it was a little and this was the woman who was super big into ropes and stuff like that. So so th- there was a lot going on there. We should come up with a we should come up with a, a funny 80s name for her i don't know what i don't know what it is <laughs> you don't need to name people in the past they're behind us babe that's true that's true but we've got so many hotties in our future that we're gonna run out of 80s names if we named every character from the way back when <laughs> this is true this is true i mean so. maybe maybe you're set for life i don't know who, who like how this new relationship is going but statistically speaking, there's a probability that it won't last because nothing this is also, And it's also true that we are not entirely monogamous. So right, there's that too. There is also that too. So that is that that is an area that we have not ventured into. But yeah, whatevs. So you never know. You never know what's coming down the pike. Yeah. I mean, something hard. I mean, she could be hit by a car and die tomorrow. And yeah. Got it. I hope not, but that would be because that would be fucking awful. But be fucking awful, yeah. Yeah, but and let's hope that doesn't happen. Okay, we're going on a tangent where we're accidentally now having to not wish your new girlfriend dead. So let's go back to the topic of love language. My love language is number one, staying alive. Number two, <laughs> yeah, acts of service. No, so yeah, I wait, mean. So wait, what? What is your number one to give? Oh, so my number one. Giving is probably acts of service. Number two is touch and receiving its touch and quality time. But specifically quality time chilling, like Netflix and chilling. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be that. It's like doing stuff together. It could be, it could be anything. It could be going to a play together. It could be going to see a concert together. It could be chilling on the sofa. It could be laying in bed, just cuddling. You know, it could be a number of different things. So this weekend we had an amazing, like, Sunday morning where we had to do nothing. And so we just kind of spent it lazing around like in bed and like, that's my love language. That's quality time to me. 
And so that I was, you know, soaking that up. And for her, that's, it's the same deal. I think is we have very good love language compatibility. That's right. That is a good early predictor of relationship health. I think in addition to being able to identify your, your desired love language, both to give love and to receive love, we've identified that it's also important to define what that means to you, because you might be both saying acts of service, but then you have different definitions of what, what kinds of acts of service matter or what quality time actually matters. So it's important to define it. Right. If your act of service is, I'd like you to go to the store and bring me gifts, that may not, <laughs> that may not really be an act of service. That's right. That's, that's actually gifts. And that's actually that. gifts. Right. Yeah. I think it's also important, and this is deeper work that can happen individually, perhaps in therapy or just your own self-discovery. And that is looking at your love languages and trying to unpack why those love languages are your love languages. And also, is there any kind of insecurity or maybe unhealthy tendency wrapped up in your love language? And I'm going to give you a specific example of what the hell am I talking about? So in that relationship that ended with Lane, his number one love language was acts of service to give. In fact, when we started dating, he asked me to make a honey-do list for him of little things that I could do around the house that he could do for me around the house from changing a light bulb to tightening the screws on my cabinets to, you know, fixing this little thing. He asked me for a honey-do list because he like, I know, right? That is next level. Like give me acts of service to do for you rather than stuff that comes up naturally. Yeah. Next level. And I was thrilled. I mean, as a homeowner, it was just like, oh, fuck, yeah. Somebody who's handy, who actually wants to do little things like that for me. Oh, my God. That's so amazing. I can't believe how lucky I am to have a person yeah, can, in my life. who Can I date Blaine? <laughs> but here's, here's the challenge. Some of his desire to give love in this fashion was a neediness for him to be seen as showing up in a certain way. So it turns out Blaine was, is, I don't know what's going on with him now. He might be the same. So I'm just going to talk about him in present tense because we're going to assume he's also not died in a car crash. Blaine had a intense desire to please people and to be given a gold star. And he, this came from a sense a place of insecurity for him, unfortunately, like many things that we do actually are. This came from a desire for him to be seen and acknowledged as showing up and doing all the right things. And he worked really hard to figure out what were the right things and which is why he was asking for a list because he wanted to know what are the right things so he could do them and be acknowledged for having done them. And even when we were breaking up or, you know, kind of getting ready to break up, he said to me one time, but I did all these things to prove to you how much you mean to me. And I, and It's funny because it reminded me of a challenge that I had in my relationship with my ex-husband, who also had a a people pleaser tendency. He thought if I do all these things, it's proof that I am showing up in the relationship and being the good guy. And if, if I do all these things and then the other person doesn't show up in the way that I want, it's proof that 
I'm I'm better in this relationship than the other person. It's a weird thing, but I see that there's a flip side to each of these act, these love languages that can be tied to an insecurity. So in addition to knowing what your love language is, identifying the definition, it's also important to go into a third level, which is what insecurity in me is this tied to? Because for Blaine, it turned out that his desire to do all these things and check off a list was tied to his needing to be recognized. And if he wasn't recognized for having done those things, he became very resentful. And so he had an insecurity of wanting to be seen and acknowledged. So he didn't actually, and he didn't know this about himself, this people pleaser. It started actually to come up in our relationship because that people pleasing tendency had a lot of negative effects and ended up being a big catalyst in us ending. And the relationship with my ex, he was doing things that he thought were acts of service and then feeling very resentful that I wasn't also doing acts of service. And he needed to be seen and, and viewed a certain way in the world. He needed to show up a certain way to, to align with his worldview of himself. And I'll say for my own love languages, you know, being touch. I feel like there's a there's a physical insecurity that I operate under sometimes. In my younger life, that led me to being very sexually slutty because I was trying to get sexual validation. And I've kind of like backed off from super slut status, but I do feel like I still need physical validation. And touch for me is the most real form of filling that need for validation that I still have. I'm trying to channel it in more healthy ways, but I do know that that love language is tied to a, a hole inside me that still doesn't feel 100%. And somebody can fix that a little bit by giving me a reassuring touch, sometimes in a sexual way, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a sexual way. Yeah, I know definitely for myself, one of the reasons that words of affirmation are so low for me on the list of where I feel love when someone says them is just because I grew up a in a place where where very few people like in a family where almost no one says I love you and where words like could be extremely like slippery and you never knew exactly you never knew exactly what words meant like someone could say like oh I I I want, I'd rather go to this restaurant or how about if we go to this restaurant and you never knew whether they actually wanted to go to that restaurant, whether it was a fuck you to your restaurant <laughs> choice or whether they really wanted to eat at home and you had to kind of guess. So words were extremely fluid that way. And so for me, the reason that I like touch and quality time and I like to give access service and, and touch is that there doesn't have to be words involved at all. There, that you can't fake them. You're either you're they're happening and you're doing them, or they're not. And so, but exactly. it is it is yeah. I came from a, a family where we said I love you all the time, so it almost became meaningless because it was repeated so often. That's and I know that they meant too, it, yeah. but it just it, it's just like a whatever. Like we end every phone call with "I love you," so you right. know whatever. And, and I feel like physical touch, you can't fake physical touch. You really can't, you know, you, if you don't like somebody, you can almost be repulsed by touching them. So touching yeah. a person is just, it's such an, it's such a hard to fake act of love and it doesn't require you to be rich. 
it doesn't require you to be anything except for just physically demonstrative. And I, and I know that like not getting your love languages also can, you know, take you into a place of deep insecurity. I have a friend who's going through a breakup and he was really thrown for a loop because the woman he was in a relationship did not like physical demonstrations of, of affection, especially in public, but even when they were alone together and he was so needy for that physical touch that, that started becoming a rift between them of him being too needy and then her feeling like she was never showing up in the relationship properly. So I feel like there's so many insecurities to unpack around love languages. Why do we need some and not the others? So it's important to identify yours, giving and receiving, talk with your partner or partners about what your definition is of those love languages. And then third, go deeper with yourself. Why do these ones matter to you and others don't? Like really, truly look at the ugly underbelly of your own insecurities. Like gifts don't matter for me because I grew up poor and getting something or not getting something didn't mean shit. Like it was just a matter of how much money somebody had or didn't have, but it didn't mean, didn't connect at all to whether or not they loved me. And so that, and that to me, that's still true to this day. It's interesting that these love languages have they're almost like tarot cards, right? Where the, you know, if you play them one way, you know, they can meet, you know, they have these positive things, but yeah, they also, if you flip them the other way, they, Mm -hmm. they can reveal other darker things. And I, and I do think, I do think a lot of times there is when your love languages are not matching. That is when a lot of resentment builds up because you come in with these expectations like, Oh, this is, this person doesn't love me because they're not saying I love you all the time or they're not giving me gifts. Like, what is their problem? I'm showing up. I'm doing my thing. You know, and I know this was definitely a a thing, you know, in my marriage too, where it was like, I'm doing all these acts of service. You don't give a shit that I'm doing any of these acts of service. It's, it's meaningless to you. You don't care. You would much rather that I have a deep conversation with you about your feelings and for me, I'm like, well, that's, that's not, that's not who I am. That's not, that means nothing to me. And so that we kept like crossing paths there in, in what we each needed. And so that. You realize that, that, that if you had started a podcast with your ex-wife, you would have been having these kinds of deep conversations about your feelings and your emotional landscape. And she might've been stoked to be having the conversations with you that I'm now having. We did have all these conversations in three years of couples therapy. We definitely, we knew all the problems. It wasn't that we left any stone unturned there. Like we knew all the issues. Mm -hmm. And then, then it was just like, can we, you know, knowing that someone else likes words of F, like I knew my, X like words of affirmation. So I tried to say them more. I knew she liked quality time where we talked about feelings. So I tried to give those more, but then she would be like, well, this feels performative that you're not really doing, you know, you're not really interested in doing this. You're, you're doing this because it suits me. Right. And then then it's like, isn't that even more loving that this isn't even something that I would naturally do, but I know you need it. So I'm doing it. Yes, it's performative, but fuck, I'm doing it because I love you and that's what you want. It's but such then, a catchy too. I don't know. But then am I just performing another act of service? And she's like, I don't give a shit about acts of service. I just want the words. I want true words of affirmation. I want this and I, I'm not getting it. And that was that was one of the things that, you know, that she said 
when we when we had the big talk was like, look, I know I I know that you're working to get to this place where you give me what I need, but I just don't want the ten years that it's going to take to get there. I don't want the the long time where you kind of learn how to do these other love languages and and give them to me like that. And so I think yeah, they're. They're they're a, an interesting hidden or once hidden under underpinning to your uh, underpinning or is it underpinning? I don't know. One of the underpinning underpinning is kind of cool too, but uh, <laughs> underpinning to construction worker right to your uh, to your relationship. I think it's I think that they're hidden under the under the surface, and I think it's well worth your time to spend a little bit at the beginning of a relationship talking about them and trying to figure out like is this gonna work now obviously you don't bother doing this with somebody you're just gonna have a friends with benefits or a one night fuck fest with but <laughs> if someone that you're serious about or thinking about being serious with it's worth a worth a discussion yeah, worth a very serious discussion. And I love that you kind of compared it to tarot cards because there is a lot of room for interpretation. Even in deciding what your love like love languages are and in deciding what the definitions are with your part you and your partner and that deeper work. You know, for example, in my the thing that I brought up of not caring caring about gifts because I grew up poor and so I know I don't equate a gift or the value of that gift with how much a person loves or doesn't love me because Sometimes I didn't get gifts that I wanted and it didn't mean that my mom and dad didn't love me. It just meant that they couldn't afford the thing that I wanted. Another person might grow up poor and go, because I didn't get those things as a child, those are the number one things that I need now to feel okay in a, in a relationship. So it's your, your reasons for your preferred get can be different from person to person, even if your circumstances and early childhood experiences were similar. So it's a lot of self-inquiry that you need to do in order to really get a handle on your love language, what they are and why, and how to unpack that with your, within your relationships. Hey, thanks for listening, Sexy Xs, to another episode of Gen X. A long episode. A longy, a not a quickie. <laughs> not a quickie. And as always, Sexy Xs, we want to get to know you. Your feedback and your comments really, really matter to us. So if you want advice on a situation in your life or you want to share feedback, positive or negative, about the show, please email us at genxpod at gmail.com. That's G-E-N-E-X-P-O-D at gmail.com. Whether you're Generation X, Gen Y, or why not? We want to hear about you. So drop us a line about what you love and hate about dating relationships in this crazy-ass world. So until next time, be excellent to each other. Oh, we almost got it right on time. (laughs) Yeah, we'll never get that.